Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. Guess what? He loves you too. Ain't it good to know that we serve a God that loves us? He ain't a God that makes us kill ourselves for somebody else. Doesn't make us kill ourselves to go to heaven to receive rewards. But he sent his only begotten son to die for us once and for all. No more death. No more shedding of blood. Thank God he made a way through his, own, his perfect Lamb of God, the perfect Son of God. He made a way through his Son that we could all be born again and make heaven our home. It's through him that we have our freedom. Amen. We should be on this Memorial Day. Let us remember the greatest sacrifice of all was when Jesus laid down his life for his friends. And he made a way for you and I to be born again. To be cleansed from all of our sin. For our sin to be forgotten in the depths of the sea. And so that we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. This morning with the Lord being my helper, I, I hope to conclude the book of Philippians chapter 4. Uh, we have talked to you over the last several weeks um, on how that we can maintain our joy in the Lord. And how that uh, in the book of John he said that uh, you might remain in me and that your joy might be full in John chapter 15. And so this morning uh, we're going to preach to you a, a little while on worry. Uh, that's what we talked to you about last week. And for those of you that have been watching online uh, and following our services, uh, you know that I've been in the book of Philippians for about five weeks now. And so we pray that this will be a blessing to you this morning. Um, we're going to begin reading in verse number uh, 6 this morning, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 uh, is where we will begin reading. We're just going to kind of give you a refresher uh, this morning on what we talked to you last week about. So in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, the Word of God says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Pay very close attention to verse 11. He said, In whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. 
I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. I love this verse. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you chiefly. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I'm going to start uh, with my introduction, if you will. And I have a story that I, I found that I came across, uh, and I want to read it to you this morning, if you can understand me clearly enough. And it, it's out of, the, um, out of the book, Be Joyful, that I just finished up uh, reading and studying on by Dr. Warren Wearsby, and, and, and he told this story. He said, the trouble with him is that he's a thermometer and not a thermostat. We understand what we're talking about here, right? Thermometer, thermostat. He said, this statement by one of his deacons aroused the pastor's curiosity. They were discussing possible board members, and Jim's name had come up. Pastor is like this, the deacon explained. A thermometer doesn't change anything around it. It just registers the temperature. It's always going up and down. But a th thermostat regulates the surroundings and changes them when they need to be changed. Jim is a thermometer. He lacks the power to change things. Instead, they change him. The Apostle Paul was a thermostat. Instead of having spiritual ups and downs as the situation changed, he went right on steadily doing his work and serving Christ. So let us be thermostats. Don't, don't be a thermometer and, and let something fluctuate you up and down, but let's be thermostats and change the environment around us. That's what Paul did. He was in prison, he was stoned to death, and all for the sake of Christ. No matter where he was, he was glorifying Christ in his body, uh, through his words, through his actions. He was always thinking of Christ, and he was thinking of others before he was thinking about himself. And that's what we need to learn, is how to be a thermostat for God. How that we can be good ambassadors of Jesus Christ and make known the word of God and the gospel to lost people. I thought that was a very interesting story uh, about the thermostat and thermometer. It's in the circumstances that we must ask God for his strength to endure those circumstances while having joy to glorify God and defend the gospel. I, and the Lord gave me some things, and I want you to think very closely. This might be you. It's when you're selfish that we must ask God to give us the mind of Christ, which is the submissive mind in chapter 2, to have joy serving, sacrificing, and suffering for and with others. It's the things of this world that we must ask God to give us a spiritual mind to enjoy the things he blesses us with, but we must control our things and not let those things control us. Our treasures must be in heaven. Don't ask God to take your worry away but rather desire the peace that passes all understanding and have a secure mind in the midst of your worry and anxiety to have joy over those worries and fears. A lot of times we, we just ask God to take the circumstance away, right? If we're in a bad circumstance and it's bothering us and it tends to make us worry and fret, we just ask God to remove that circumstance from our life, right? 
That's not what the Apostle Paul is te teaching us to do. He is asking us to pray that God will control our minds and give us the right mindset that we may be able to conquer our own circumstances and not let our circumstances conquer us. A lot of times we let our, our circumstances and, and our trials, we let our trials afflict us so bad that they tend to conquer us. But really, we ought to go to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer and in supplication and with thanksgiving, as verse number 6 says, and let Him teach us how to conquer our circumstances. If you're battling with, with mounds and mounds of debt, God can help you overcome that debt. Did you know that? God can help you get, out, get debt free. Better than Dave Ramsey. Amen? God can help you with that. Because in verse 19, he said, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You won't go without. Amen? God will bless you and help you to overcome the things in your life that's controlling you. But it's up to us to ask God for that spiritual mind. To let us think on the spiritual elements rather than our earthly uh, uh, elements around us and the things that we possess or rather, should I say, the things that possess us. I heard this uh, uh, a few weeks ago. And it, I don't remember who it was that was saying it. But he said, people's way of thinking is paralyzed when they are frightened. Fear is a great way to control people. Did you know that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do? He wants to cause so much fear and panic in your life. That all you do is you trust your fears more than you trust your faith. And that's the enemy's job. He's, he's bringing you a counterfeit faith. But really, in actuality, when it gets to you, it becomes fear. And fear will control your mind. Fear will control your spirit. Fear will control your actions. Amen. Fear. And you don't even realize it, but the fear that people have can actually stop them from living. Fear is not of God. I believe it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He said, But God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God wants us to be sober. He wants us to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, is roaring like a, a, a roaring lion. He's seeking to and fro, roaring like a lion, trying to devour you. He's after you. And that's exactly what we've seen over the last few months is the enemy has come to attack the church. He's come to attack the people. And fear has controlled the people and caused them to have lack of faith. It's caused people to worry. Amen? I'm never... And listen, I told you last week that 92% of the things that people worry about never happen. But only 8% of those are legit, legitimate causes to worry. But even in those 8% of things that are legitimate reasons, we ought to take to God. We ought to bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, this is a legitimate concern in our life. Please help me with it. Please help me to conquer this before it conquers me. And the 92% of things that are... are uh, not worthy of our, our worry, we should bring to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for worrying over this. Repent of that worry and ask God to help us to have that joy 
unspeakable and full of glory that only comes through Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Those who have trusted Christ have the privilege of experiencing fullness of joy. Yet few Christians take advantage of this privilege. They live under a cloud of disappointment when they could be walking in the sunshine of joy. What has robbed them of their joy? Dr. Warren Wiersbe asked. In Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, it says this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Dr. Wiersbe said it was the power of Christ within Paul that gave him spiritual contentment. If we are going to have spiritual contentment in our life and have the joy unspeakable and full of glory, we must first have the one who provides that peace that passes all understanding living in us. We must have the one who provides the joy unspeakable and full of glory. We must have the one who provides us the sound mind and the power and love that, that only comes from God. His name is Jesus Christ. We must possess Jesus in our life and we must allow Jesus to possess our life, to control our life and to be lords of our life if we are going to experience a worry-free life, if we are going to experience the mindsets that I've been preaching to you over the last few weeks on having a single mind and defending the gospel and having a submissive mind when selfishness and pride takes over and having a spiritual mind against the things that can possess you and last week and this week we've talked about having a secure mind. We can be secure in Christ, amen? We can have hope of eternal life and we can be secure in our faith and in our, our, our salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ. We can have security and know that God is in control and that if it, uh, and I, I can't remember exactly where it is, I believe it's in uh, chapter number 2. No, chapter number 1, verse number 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That gives me security. That gives me a secure mind knowing that the Lord is in control. Bless God, I don't have to be in control of everything. We think we do, don't we? Boy, human beings are the most controlling species that I've ever learned about in my entire life. Maybe because I am one. And I'm pretty controlling. If things don't go my way, I tend to get irritable. Uh, and I tend to get upset because I, I'm just so picky about things. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Don't ask her right now, though. But I get so bent out of shape when things don't go my way. Why? Because I'm a control freak. And if you'll admit to yourself, you're a control freak, too. Bless God, I ain't the only control freak in this church this morning. And bless God, I ain't the only one that needs help from the Lord to not be. Amen. I've got to ask the Lord every day, Lord, please help me not be in control. Help me not be in control. Because if I get in control, what is the very first thing that happens? We start worrying. We start worrying. We start fretting. We get bent out of shape. All for no reason. It's over the small things that we get bent out of shape over. 
We can't take anything with us to heaven. All that we got to do is make sure that our hearts is right with God. Make sure that our treasures are in heaven so that when He calls our name, bless God, we'll fly away. Amen. And you don't want worry and fear and doubt and, and discouragement and depression and everything that will cause you to fret weigh you down. You can be free in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. In Psalms 118 verse 5, he said this, I called upon the Lord in distress. Man, that's a good time to call on the Lord, ain't it? While you're in distress, when things are not going your way, when things are, are just... You have, you have no control over it. A few years ago in my spiritual life, I told Cassie, uh, and she may not remember this, but I said, Honey, I feel like I am spiraling out of control. And I have no idea where I'm going to land or where I'm going to fall. I was at the point in my Christian walk with the Lord where I just want to throw up the flag and say, What's the use? Why should I keep going? Why should I keep walking? And why should I keep trying to live right? When all these bad things are happening, why, why can I not control this? So I called upon the Lord in my distress. You know what he did? The Lord answered me. When you call on him, I promise you with a broken and contrite spirit, the Lord will not despise. And the Lord will answer you in your distress. And the word of God says in verse 5, And set me in a large place. I'm not going to give you a fancy message this morning. I'm just going to give you the word of God. Is that okay? Is it okay if I just give you scripture this morning? Verses 8 and 9 in uh, Psalms 118 says this, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Verses 13 through 16 says this, Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord help me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. I told you last week that when you start worrying, just throw up hands of worship. Amen. Because when you worship the Lord, that worry's got to go somewhere. Because when you worship God and you have the 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 a spirit of praise in your life, worry can't abide there. Worry crumbles when you begin to worship. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. I love that. He doth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. Verses 19 and 20 says this, Open to me the gates of righteousness, I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. You've done that this morning. We have opened the gates of righteousness. You have came into the house of worship and let us praise the Lord. Because like I said, when worry takes over your mind, let your spirit come to worship there's no better place in the house of worship to come and lay your burdens down come and lay your worries down come and destroy all your fears to come and lay your fear at the feet of Jesus and walk out this door with the faith of Christ 
knowing that he is in control, that he is going to take care of it all, knowing that he's going to take care of your debt, your finances, your food problem, whatever it might be that you're struggling with, leave it at the altar and God will meet your need. I believe that with all my heart, that if you will bring it to the Lord with a broken and contrite heart in sincerity and leave it at the altar, because here's what we do. We bring it to the altar and we ask God to help us with it and we ask God to, to deliver us from it, but we don't leave it there. We don't leave it there because we're in control. We want to be in control of that problem. And so when we get up from the altar and we say amen, we put that problem back in our coat pocket and we walk out the door and we go home and immediately we start fretting over it. And immediately the Lord will speak to you and say, Son, daughter, Bob, thought you left it with me. Thought you gave it to me. John, I thought you turned that over to me. I thought you were going to trust me and have the faith to let me take care of it. But we like to be in control because we want to do it our own way. And we want to do it on our own time. We think it's got to happen right then. Amen? We think, man, we've got to fix this right now. And when we come to the altar and we give it to the Lord, what's He say? Sometimes He says, won't you just wait a little while? Boy, we hate that, don't we? Todd, you hate it. I hate that word, don't you? The Lord will say, Todd, won't you just wait a little bit? Just, just wait on me. Wait on me to move. That's all God is wanting. He's wanting our full trust. And He's wanting our full faith in Him to be totally dependent upon Him that when we have worry, we can come to Him and give it to Him. And even though He might say, wait, we can know that He's in control and that He's going to take care of it. And that he's going to do it the right way. Amen? Because I don't know if you're like me or not, but when I try to do things in my own strength, and my own power, I always make it 10,000 10, times worse than if I'd have just waited on the Lord. That's what happens to me. I want to go to verse 13 in Philippians chapter 4 just for a few moments. I heard a message by Brother Keith Burden about five years ago. Uh, in Tampa, Florida, I flew down to a camp meeting at the First Free Will Baptist Church of Sefton, Florida. And uh, on Sunday morning, Brother Keith Burden was there. And uh, he was preaching on Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And I'll read it to you. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He, to he told us in that meeting that Christ did not give us the strength to do for lack of better terminology, ignorant things. God is not going to give us the strength to go out and commit sin. He ain't going to give us the strength to go out and, and, and do things that are unpleasing in, in His eyes or in His sight. But He's going to give us the strength to conquer our fear, to conquer our worry, to conquer our doubts, to conquer our things and the circumstances around us. That's what God is going to give us the strength to do. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that God shall not put upon you uh, any more than you shall bear. And I'm paraphrasing. But will, with that temptation, make a way of escape for you that you may be able to bear it. Amen? Amen. That's the strength that he's talking about in this chapter. Brother Keith Burden said in verse number 1, Christ gives us the strength to stand fast. Notice in verse 1 it says... 
Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Sometimes our worry and the cross that we carry gets so heavy, and it causes us to get so weary that we feel like we can't take another step. And you know what? That's okay. God's not asked you to take another step. God is asking you to stand fast and wait on the Lord. So through Christ, we can stand fast. Now, we all know that we are all human beings and we all don't see eye to eye and we're not always going to agree with each other. Brother Keith Burden said in verses 2 and 3, disagreements will come, especially in the house of God, especially if there's finances involved. There's going to be disagreements about things. But that's okay. Because Christ will give us the strength to get on the same page. That's what Paul is teaching them in verse number 3. He said, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with men also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. I'm sorry, verse number 2 it says, That they be of the same mind in the Lord. That's what he's given us the strength to do. He's given us the strength through Christ to be of the same mind in the Lord. He didn't say in, a, in and of ourselves because we all have different worldviews and we all have different ideas and we all have different things that we agree with or disagree with. But God is going to give us the strength to be of the same mind in the Lord. He's also going to give us the strength in verse number 4 to rejoice in the Lord. Notice each time that I'm mentioning these things in verse 1, in verse 2, in verse 4, he says, so stand fast in the Lord. Verse number 2 says, be of the same mind in the Lord. Now he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again I say, rejoice. He's not saying rejoice in your circumstances. Rejoice over your things. Rejoice over your your." your people problems or rejoice over your, your pride or anything like that. He's saying rejoice in the Lord. And sometimes when we have worry and fear and doubt in our life, it's very difficult for us to rejoice in the Lord, ain't it? Why? Because we feel like our worry is so controlling of us. But Paul is telling us rejoice in the Lord. Always, despite your circumstances, despite your worry, despite what's going on in your life. Rejoice in the Lord. Verses 5 through 7, it says, That let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto, your, unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He said, in verses 5 through 7, we can be stress-free. I love that. Brother Keith Burton said, we can be stress-free because we can have the peace of God which passes all understanding. Verse number 8 and 9, he said, uh, Brother Keith Burton said, he can control our thought process and teach us to do the same. Paul is teaching us to think on things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report. And he said, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So he's teaching us how we can control our mind. 
He's teaching us that if we will control our mind, the Lord will give us the strength to do so. I, and I preached to you last week, Isaiah 26, verse 3 said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. So if we train our thought processes to think on the Lord, He control our thought process and teach us to do the same. In verse number 10, He said, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Brother Keith Bird said that God is able to give us the strength to sustain our finances. He can sustain our finances. Verse 19. I love this. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Dr. Wearsby, uh, Dr. Warren Wearsby said this. The most important part of a tree is the part you cannot see. The root system. And the most important part of the Christian's life, the part that only God sees... Unless we draw on the deep resources of God by faith, we fail against the pressures of life. So when we get in financial distress, when we get in just any kind of distress that you, you might think of, we need to draw from the deep root system that is found in Christ Jesus. Because when we draw from the deep resources of God by faith, we will not fall against the pressures of life. I got one last story for you, and I'm going to close with this. Last Sunday evening, we had Brother Roger Duncan II preach on virtual reawakening. Uh, last Sunday evening, at, uh, uh, yeah, I'm right, last Sunday evening. Um, and what a fantastic job he did preaching on uh, what is lovely about the church and the foundation of the church. But his dad wrote a book. Brother Roger Duncan, the uh, senior, he wrote a book and he called, he titled it "The Heart of a Shepherd." And I found, and I was reading it yesterday, and I came across this story. It's a bunch of short stories in that in that book. And he said this: said there were some doves outside of his window that were sitting on top of a power line that was just out of reach to him. Have y'all ever seen that? Come across a power line, see birds sitting on top of that wire, and You'd think, man, all the, the high voltage, the electricity, everything, it would just zap them like that, like a, a bug zapper or something, you know? But he said they were just sitting there, just resting. So that power line would certainly bring a quick and imminent death if anyone touched it while it was hot, but these doves rest on it without harm. He said, and I quote, The secret is that when they touch the full-powered wire, they touch nothing else. They give themselves wholly to it. Our danger is that when we reach to touch the high-voltage elect electrical wire, we would be touching something else. And I quote, The current would turn my body into a channel for escape. But the doves are one with the wire and are safe. Brother Roger proceeded telling that story by saying, God wants us to be fully surrendered to His power and love. And I quote, It is when we reach one hand to Him while yet we keep fast hold on some forbidden thing with the other, that we're in danger. Now, remember what I told you last week. That word careful in the Greek means to be pulled apart. That our hopes 
will pull us one way and our fears pull us another way and it's causing a tension in us. That's exactly what Brother Rogers is saying here. He said, it is when we reach one hand to him while yet we keep fast hold on some forbidden thing with the other that we're in danger. Christ enjoined us to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And when we do this, we're safe. Because what he's saying is that we should give ourselves wholly to the Lord and become one with Christ. To be one with Christ so that we don't have any fear, so that we don't have, have to worry, so that we don't have to be in danger. Because, And I'm sure, Brother John, as an electrician, you've probably been electrocuted a few times. Don't feel too good. I've always heard stories that don't feel too good. I can't imagine what, uh, especially if you grab hold of a high-voltage uh, uh, cable, I'm sure it would throw you a, a pretty good ways. Uh, I used to work with a man that uh, I think he done some railroad work, and uh, he told me that he got thrown about five to ten feet uh, from electricity. And so that, that's some pretty powerful stuff. I mean, the, the guy was my size, maybe a little bit smaller. I mean, it's hard to find other than Brother Jason Hustle, and I, I hope he's watching this morning. Hello, brother. But, uh, and and if, if not, you can let him know that I'm talking about him this morning. Um, but it's hard to find a lot of men my size or Brother Jason's size. I mean, let's be honest this morning. That's okay. You, you can laugh. You can laugh at me. You can laugh with me. It's okay. I, I won't be offended. But God is asking us to be wholly united and one with each other and with the Lord. Because in doing this, He will help us to have a secure mind. He will help us and teach us to not fret, to be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we can let our requests be made known unto God. And we can receive that peace that passes all understanding in the midst of our worries. Amen. I hope you've learned something uh, this morning. I hope that this series has helped you. I hope that you will... Uh, it'll be on Facebook, so if you want to go back and, and start from the very first uh, series, or the sermon, you can, uh, on the single mind. And then we preached on the submissive mind and the spiritual mind. And we're closing today with the secure mind. So thank you for, for being with us. Thank you for uh, all you that are tuning in. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Um, and thank you for following us during this sermon series. At this time, we're going to pray. If you feel the need to come to the altar, I promise you these altars are clean and sanitized for your usage. Uh, so I, I sanitized them. I cleaned them. They're all coronavirus free. And so if you want to bring your worries and fears and doubts to the Lord, you have a clean place to do so. So this is your time that if you feel led to come and pray, you, you can. If not, you remain in your seat. You, you pray. Uh, and, and so at this time, I'm going to say a prayer. Uh, and I pray that you will pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today as humble as we know how. Father, we're so thankful, God, for this series. God, you've taught me so much. And God, I pray that you've taught others as well. I pray that you'd help us to cultivate the mindset of Christ in our life, that we might have joy and that our joy might be full, and that we might experience the joy unspeakable and full of glory that Peter talked about. I ask, dear God, that you would bless each one that's come this way this morning. 
I pray, God, that you would bless them. I pray that you would just touch them and help them. I pray that you would keep them safe. I pray, dear God, that you would uh, just uh, uh, keep their health. And I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would bless their finances, bless their health, bless their jobs, bless all that they do, uh, Father, as they serve you and live for you. Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.